Ladies and gentlemen, it's not going to be easy. Easy is not an option. It's hard changing your life. You've got to take personal responsibility to make it happen. And you've got to resolve within yourself that I can do this, that it's hard. But you've got to say, I'm the one. I'm the one to make this happen. I'm the one to become successful. Because that's what life is about, stretching and challenging, looking for ways that you can begin to improve yourself. And I want to encourage those of you out there who, who, who may be at the bottom or you may be at the top. I don't care if you're a lion or a gazelle. When the sun come up, you better get to running. So no matter if you're the smartest, no matter if you think you're the dumbest, it is not talent. It is pure effort that's going to take you to the top. So you keep being lazy and see where you're going to go. You keep taking shortcuts and see where you're going to go. You keep sleeping in and see where you're going to be. You keep dreaming and not putting forth the effort and you're going to see where you're going to be. Success is not greatness. It's not about talent, it's about effort. That if you want a thing bad enough to go out and fight for it, to work day and night for it, to give up your time, your peace, and your sleep for it. Know what you want. What do you want in your marriage? What do you want with your son and your daughter? What do you want in your health? What do you want financially? Like, how much money do you want to make a year? What do you want to drive? How do you want to live? Stop just waking up like an accident. What do you want? And then once you find out what you want, spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after. This is going to be your year. You have to care about every minute of your day. It's too many people doing stuff that's non-productive. You ain't got time for that. If you ain't where you want to be, you got to be hustling. Right. You know, the dream is free. The hustle is so separate. The only way forward is to decide that you want that dream so bad that you are going to work harder, you're going to get up earlier, you're going to stay later, you're going to push past the people who doubted you and laughed at you and hated on you. I want you to be fearless. I want you to be decisive. I want you to make a decision right now that when you fail and you fall to your knees, I want you to remember the power of you and I want you to get back up on your feet. Make a decision today that when you're in the darkness, you'll remember the power of you. You are your own light. You will change the world. In three, two, one. From the entertainment capital of the world. The world. The party for a better tomorrow starts right here. Join the revolution. The Do Good, Be Great podcast starts now.
for a better tomorrow starts right here. You are locked on to the Do Good Be Great podcast with Wade Heaney. What's happening, Do Good Army? Welcome back and uh, happy 2016 to you as we celebrate an all-new season of Do Good Be Great Radio. Jeez, did I miss you. It has been far too long, hasn't it? To go all these holiday weeks without a new broadcast, without being able to connect with you, man, that has been rough. But I am honored that you would be right back here with us once again as the party for a better tomorrow rages on. And if you're new to this broadcast, I say two things. One, welcome aboard. And two, what the heck took you so long? You should know right up front that this is unlike any podcast you've ever heard because uh, I'm not an expert nope I'm not a professional either I'm just a guy who is boring and average looking to leave today greater than I found it and this show is all about ways in which we can learn to be better together so it's a journey that we're both on things that we learn as a united front. And by the way, if you know of a fellow do-gooder who needs to be reminded that they are not alone, please pass the link along to anyone you know that may need to pick me up, or might even be an asset to the do-good army as we stand in the light together and work to make a positive difference in ourselves and the rest of the world. Hey, we're available absolutely free on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. So there are three ways to subscribe to our feed. That way you never miss a broadcast. So don't miss out. Subscribe today. A couple of housekeeping things I wanted to get to as we begin a brand new year. First of all, this season of the Do Good Be Great podcast will happen every other week. That's right. This show, every other week, it will be on. And in between, you'll get the Daily Good podcast. That'll be the motivating content to sort of hold you over until the next Do Good Be Great podcast. You see, The Daily Good is a short, single-story-driven show that gives you the boost you need on Mondays and Wednesdays, whereas this show airs on Tuesdays. So every other week for this show and the weeks in between will be The Daily Good. That'll be the new schedule moving forward as we experimented with it last year and found out how much our listeners seem to really appreciate the microcasts, the bite-sized, feel-good, inspirational broadcasts. So we're going to be doing a lot more of those and making sure that there's always something to hold you over in between this podcast. Well, you know, I'm fond of saying that there are more good people than we realize. And during the past few months, I've been speaking at schools and events and sharing some of the stories that have come from this show. Some of the interviews that we've done and some of the really powerful things that I've learned along the way. But it was during a stop at a high school in Southern California recently that we discussed making an impact going into the new year. And how through the power of one, 2016 could be changed in remarkable ways. And I have to define it here. I speak with students, not down to or at them. Because remember, I'm learning just like they are. During our chat, I underscored how significant of a role 
one person can play in our culture. How significant one person can be in our society. Because now, finally, technology has caught up. Technology has now made it ridiculously easy to be seen, to be heard, and to be great. I took my iPhone out of my pocket and I raised it in the air. I said, how many of you have one of these? How many of you have a smartphone? And almost every hand in the venue went up. I held that phone out in front of me and I looked at it and I said, I don't think many of you realize what sort of tools you hold in your hand with this one sleek device. I said, do you realize that in your hand right now is a device that has more processing power than what it took to put a man on the moon? And of course there was stunned silence at that realization like there is every time I bring it up. I said, more processing power than everything NASA once had to put a human being on another planet. And what are we doing with it? I said, what are we doing with it? We're sharing cat videos. We're posting six filtered selfies. For what? What benefit is that to us? To have this amazing tool in our palm and only use it for meaningless hearts and likes. Meaningless things that in a day will be washed from our minds anyway. We'll forget because we're going to move on to the next image or the next meme or gif. Are they funny? Sure. Are they exciting? Sometimes. Are they a waste of your time when you could be using that tool for something far more beneficial? And to that I say, oh hell yes. In the last year, we talked to young people right here who have harnessed the power of their technology and have made grand, spectacular statements. People like Tommy Lukrich, who backpacked across America looking for and rewarding Good Samaritans. People like Hunter and Braden Gandy, who spread cerebral palsy awareness worldwide and became cause ambassadors, even raising a quarter million dollars for research. Or how about Alex Radulich, the guy who dropped out of college to commit his life to kindness, and then raised tens of thousands of dollars so that he and his buddies could road trip across the United States and bless people for their acts of compassion. 
All of them have used technology as a way to get their message out. They've used technology to garner a following. A following of good, decent people. Many of which are young adults who just want to see wonderful things happen in this messed up world we live in. Well, guess what? Much like them, you have the same capability. You are just as equipped as they are. All you have to do is act. All you have to do is create something and put it out into the world. Use your camera. Use your computer. Use that phone in your hand to project a message on social media that has depth, that has meaning, and is something that will help others. Yes, Snapchatting is a fantastic way to enjoy free time. But what if you use that time and that app to do something extraordinary? To leave a legacy at the age of 14, 17, 20, 31. It no longer matters what background you come from, what education you have, what the media pays attention to or not. You are the media. You are the authority because you are the advocate for your cause. Because now is the time where everyone has the ability to change the world from their hand. Now is the time where there is a level playing field. Where everyone gets a shot. It is 2016. And it is time to be seen, be heard, and be great. I can tell you that I've kept in touch with many of those students, as I do with uh, every school I visit, and quite a few have told me how those words moved them to believe that they are capable of so much more than what they're doing. Some have even started vlogging and writing about things that really matter to them. Some have been producing things that are going to help people. Because they get it. It wasn't just me coming in, talking to their class, them feeling good, going home, and forgetting about it. They're putting it into action. They have the courage to act. It's a time of tremendous opportunity to rise up and make a difference. You don't like what you see? Tired of the same old thing? Irritated with how much negativity there is? Well, what are you going to do about it? The ball is in your court. It's now up to you because you have the tools to change it. The party for a better tomorrow lies within your soul. Whether or not you unleash it is up to you. Who will change the world? I'll tell you who. Ordinary people with the courage to do extraordinary things. And that is what this show is all about. Remember, this year, 
There are no more excuses. It is time to be seen, be heard, and be great. Stick with us. It's time to learn and be inspired as the Do Good, Be Great podcast is just getting started. friends in most cases will be the first to try and talk you out of something that you're passionate, excited about, and that you have a vision for. Most of the people that have no dreams will wake up every day trying to talk you out of your dreams. They have no goals. They have nothing that they're ambitious about. Create your own reality by choosing your future. And not only is it important for you to know it's possible for you to choose your future, but it's necessary that you work on yourself, that you develop yourself. It's necessary that you get the energy drainers out of your life, people who don't want anything. The most powerful motivational speeches that I have ever heard came from people who told me I couldn't do something. (laughs) You know why? Because when they told me I couldn't do it, I was bound and determined to show them that I could. Tell me I can't do it. I will prove you wrong. I will show you (laughs) that you're mistaken because I believe, and this is real important, I can't, will thwart you, will stop you, will slow you down, will turn you around and cause you to move backwards if you let it. But if you have the proper mindset, I can't, will do nothing but make you that more determined to get to your goal. One problem, the violin. Because to do what you do, you've got to be a world-class violinist. Because if you don't, when you're moving around and being thrown around and still trying to play, you end up doing what you did, and that's missing loads of notes. And there were times when it sounded to me like a bunch of rats being strangled. Seriously, that bad. But you're not good enough, I don't think, to get away with flying through the air and trying to play the violin at the same time. I don't think what you're doing right now is enough to fill a a theater in in Vegas. That much movement made you not as great as you were. Made you not as great as you were. 
who's got the right to stop you? I mean, maybe some of you guys got something you never finished, something you really want to do, something you never said to somebody, something. And you're told no, even after you pay your dues, who's got the right to tell you that? Who? Nobody. It's your right to listen to your gut. It ain't nobody's right to say no after you earn the right to be where you want to be and do what you want to do. People who discourage us. You know the people that you have in your life who, no matter how good of a day you're having, they'll bring you down. Or no matter how bad of a day you're having, they'll bring you even lower. You know what I'm talking about? Think of the three biggest discouragers in your life. They're not your biggest discouragers. You are. Dear candidate, thank you for your application to our ballet academy. Unfortunately, you have not been accepted. You lack the right feet, Achilles tendons, turnout, torso length, and bust. You have the wrong body for ballet. And at 13, you are too old to be considered. So you don't think you can? You don't think you can do it? Think again. No, you can. If you haven't done it, keep striving. Keep working. Don't let up. Things don't come easy. You gotta find it, whatever it is, within yourself. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. So, just because you fail, doesn't mean you're a failure, alright? So I just need you to do me a huge, huge favor, and I just need you to keep going, try to make that one different decision that you've not made before. And then my last one is don't let the distractions distract you. <laughs> I know, real simple. But don't let the distractions distract you. Failure is not an option. When you go into it, I want you to go into everything you do, listen to me, as if failure is not an option, all right? It's not a button, it's not a label, it does not exist. You can do it. Don't let nobody steal your dream. I used to ask myself, can I do this? And something said within me, you're the one. You're the one. If you want to be great, not good, not also grand, not second, not third, if you want to be great, the very best at what you do, obsession is a necessity. Once you have that magnificent obsession, once you question impossible to two kids, then when somebody like that tells you you can't do something, you have chosen the wrong one to tell something like that to. I will show you, I will show you what I can do. I will show you, I will turn your I can't, I will never, I won't, it's impossible. I will turn it around and I will show you that I can do anything.
you want something bad enough, if you really love something, if you really want to have results, then dedicate yourself 100%. Go all in. We're all given a certain amount of time to experience life, to carry out our dreams, our destiny. But we don't realize that the time bar of our life can only grow smaller from today going forward. Let that sink in. You can't buy time. You can't grow time. You can't ask for more time. You can only lose time. And after we lose time, we have no idea how much time we even have left. Our lifespan is a mystery. See, being human is a double-edged sword because although we have so much time compared to other species, we give ourselves too much time to accomplish what needs to be done. The idea of having so much more time to accomplish things makes us waste time. We abuse it. It feeds our lack of action. It makes us too comfortable. Now we all aim to succeed, to prosper, to become a diamond in a world full of rocks, but there's no evolutionary pressure to help us. And that's where the mind shift needs to take place. You need to create a pressure for yourself to become that diamond. And the way that you do that is by understanding the value of time. Stop killing time, because eventually that turns around and time is going to kill you. You have the power to prevent time loss. You have the power to prevent wasted time. But you also have the power to kill time. And many of us are doing that. Before we make decisions, before we act, we need to think about how we're spending our time. We need to focus on what we want to accomplish. What makes the heart burn with passion? What wakes us up in the morning? What's your why? Time is the most valuable resource we have. I could save money for later. I can't do that with my time. I can invest in more money. I can't do that with time. I can share my money. I still can't do that with time. Stop damaging your lifespan. Sooner or later, you're going to realize that the only thing you wish you have more of is time. But it's what you use the worst. I want to see the transformation of how we use our time. I want to see habit change. The appreciation of the time that you're given of your dream. I want you to pause the next time you find yourself wasting time on things that damage you and think about why you've decided to shrink your lifespan. You're actually killing yourself. It's not a joke because you can't recycle the time you waste. time and make time work for you. Start living the life of your dreams because it's possible. Pressure builds diamonds, so put up that fight. Don't give in to fear. Don't give in to anxiety. Keep fighting. Keep moving forward. Keep believing. Your dream is yours. Don't let anybody else stop you. You've got 86,400 seconds. How you use them today is all that matters. And you've got to do it again and again and again to soon be living the life of your dreams. You will get there because it's your dream. You've got to work today so tomorrow you can be one step closer. Do it again and again 
and again. And I promise you will get there. Be better together. It's the Do Good, Be Great podcast with Wade Heath. Yeah, that's right. Welcome back to the big show. Hey, let's be honest with each other, all right? Full disclosure right here. January used to be my absolute least favorite time of the year. Couldn't stand it. It was cold, wet, dreary, and sitting sterile in the afterglow of my favorite time, Christmas. Now, for years, I would look at the new year as just a a boring and uneventful continuation of life, right? Nothing special, just lame. Ironically, I would go on to read a book titled Accept No Mediocre Life by David Foster. And in it, he shared some of the most encouraging and motivating words I have ever absorbed, pushing me to understand that it isn't the new year that keeps dragging my life on like a tattered sock and a ripped shoe. It was me and my attitude to keep doing the things the way I was doing them. Foster wrote, quote, Real people focus their energy forward in the process of dreaming, planning, and preparing to do something great with their lives. That single statement really spoke to me, and I felt like somehow I'd allowed my life to become some lame, stale, and emotionless shell of what it could be. A former pastor of mine poked fun at the quote when I shared it on Facebook recently as it pertains to the real people intro. But what Foster means is that people that take life seriously and aren't just lame shells do such things with their intention. So over time, I've tried to better become a person that takes my life seriously and focuses my energy on dreaming, planning, and preparing. It'd be my pleasure to share with you what has worked for me and accomplishing many of my goals each year by being appropriately prepared with just four ridiculously simple steps. Number one, reflection period. It is so wildly important to set up quiet time to reflect on your year. For example, many are fortunate to have several days off during the holiday weeks. If you can escape to a coffee shop or even your home office and really dig in for a few uninterrupted hours with a journal, that is ideal. My reflection period has grown into a multi-day event because I take life seriously. I'm a real person, you know. Look, what you want to jot down in the journal are your accomplishments for the year in one column and what you still need to accomplish in the new year in the other. If you want, you can also carve out a space for things you're going to give up on and call a wash that you don't want bogging you down into the new year. This time and list is quite helpful in seeing where you've been, what you have to be grateful for, and what parts of your life you need to zero in on. Number two, paint the canvas. This is different than what you still want to accomplish from the prior year. In this section of your journal, this is the fun part where you want to write down your bucket list for the months to come. What goals do you want to achieve? What would you like to be, see, and share? Be sure to leave some space underneath each item. Number three, fine tuning. That space you just left underneath your goals? Yeah, this is where you will 
list at least three ways you will actively try to make them happen. It can be something like, I will spend an extra 10 minutes a day on my exercise bike in an effort to drop 15 pounds this year. Something like that. And number four, I want you to calendar it. Now that you've got your goals listed and a few realistic ways to achieve them, buy a desk or wall calendar and post it where you will see it every day. On that calendar, forecast at least three months out, more if you're a real person, scheduled things that you will do during your day to actively pursue the completion of your goal. When you accomplish said task, you can check off or cross it off completely. What I love is that after I started doing this, I had to see it every day, and if I missed one, it sort of haunted me until I was able to cross it off. Yeah, yes, it is the honor system, but you only fail yourself in this if you cheat, so don't be a lame shell. It seems easy enough though, doesn't it? I can tell you that it absolutely is, and since I've started this system, I've been able to achieve, create, and do so much more than I could have ever dreamed of accomplishing. The best part about all of this is that you have a physical record at the end of the year to look at and realize just how real of a person you've become. So what's on your calendar? I would love to hear about your goals for the new year. You can email me dgbgradio at gmail.com or send me a tweet on Twitter at WadeWire. More Do Good Be Great podcast straight ahead. I'm sorry, but I don't want to be a, an emperor. That's not my business. I don't want to rule or conquer anyone. I should like to help everyone if possible. Jew, Gentile, black man, white. We all want to help one another. Human beings are like that. We want to live by each other's happiness, not by each other's misery. We don't want to hate and despise one another. In this world, there's room for everyone, and the good earth is rich and can provide for everyone. The way of life can be free and beautiful, but we have lost the way. Greed has poisoned men's souls, has barricaded the world with hate, has goose-stepped us into misery and bloodshed. We have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. Our knowledge has made us cynical, our cleverness hard and unkind. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. More than cleverness, we need kindness and gentleness. Without these qualities, life will be violent and all will be lost. The aeroplane and the radio have brought us closer together. The very nature of these inventions cries out for the goodness in men, cries out for universal brotherhood, for the unity of us all. Even now, my voice is reaching millions throughout the world, millions of despairing men, women, and little children, victims of a system that makes men torture and imprison innocent people. To those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress. The hate of men will pass and dictators die, and the power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. Soldiers, don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, and what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men. 
Machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You are men. You have the love of humanity in your hearts. You don't hate. Only the unloved hate. The unloved and the unnatural. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery. Fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke, it is written, the kingdom of God is within man. Not one man, nor a group of men. But in all men, in you, you, the people, have the power. The power to create machines. The power to create happiness. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful. To make this life a wonderful adventure. Then in the name of democracy, let us use that power. Let us all unite. Let us fight for a new world. A decent world that will give men a chance to work that will give youth a future and old age a security. By the promise of these things, brutes have risen to power, but they lie, they do not fulfill that promise, they never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. Now let us fight to fulfill that promise. Let us fight to free the world, to do away with national barriers, to do away with greed, with hate and intolerance. Let us fight for a world of reason, a world where science and progress will lead to all men's happiness. Soldiers, in the name of democracy, let us all unite! very much time these days so I'll make it quick like my life you know as we come to the end of this phase of our life we find ourselves trying to remember the good times and trying to forget the bad times and we find ourselves thinking about the future we start to worry thinking what am I going to do? Where am I going to be in 10 years? But I say to you, hey, look at me. Please, don't worry so much. Because in the end, none of us have very long on this earth. Life is fleeting. And if you're ever distressed, cast your eyes to the summer sky when the stars are strung across the velvety night and when a shooting star streaks through the blackness turning night into day. Make a wish. Think of me. Make your life spectacular. I know I did. I made it, Mom. <laughs> I'm a grown-up. Thank you. If there's one thing I know, it's how to party. And the party for a better tomorrow starts right here. So stop wasting time and invite some friends to listen already. Now, back to the Do Good and Be Great podcast with my boy, Wade Heath.
That's right, welcome to it, and from our friends at academictips.org comes this. It had been a very long night. Our black cocker spaniel, Precious, was having a difficult delivery. I lay on the floor beside her large four-foot square cage, watching her every movement, watching and waiting just in case I had to rush her to the vet. After six hours, the puppies started to appear. The firstborn was black and white. The second and third puppies were tan and brown in color, and the fourth and fifth were also spotted black and white. One, two, three, four, five, I counted to myself as I walked down the hallway to wake my wife Judy and tell her that everything was fine. As we walked back down the hallway and into the spare bedroom, I noticed a sixth puppy had been born and was now laying all by itself over to the side of the cage. I picked up the small puppy and laid it on top of the large pile of other puppies who were whining and trying to nurse on the mother. Precious immediately pushed the small puppy away from the rest of the group. She refused to recognize it as a member of her family. Something's wrong, said Judy. I reached over and picked up the puppy. My heart sank inside my chest when I saw the little puppy had a cleft lip and palate and could not close its little mouth. I decided right there and then that if there was any way to save this animal, I was going to give it my best shot. I took the puppy to the vet and was told nothing could be done unless we were willing to spend about $1,000 to try and correct the defect. He told us that the puppy would die mainly because it could not suckle. And after returning home, Judy and I decided that we could not afford to spend that kind of money without getting some type of assurance from the vet that the puppy had a chance to live. However, that did not stop me from purchasing a syringe and feeding the puppy by hand. I did this every day and night, every two hours, for more than 10 days. The little puppy survived and learned to eat on his own as long as it was soft canned food. The fifth week, I placed an ad in the newspaper, and within a week, we had people interested in all of the pups, except the one with the deformity. Late one afternoon, I went to the store to pick up a few groceries, and upon returning, I happened to see the old retired school teacher who lived across the street from us, waving at me. She had read in the paper that we had puppies and was wondering if she might get one from us for her grandson and his family. I told her all the puppies had found homes, but I would keep my eyes open for anyone else that might have an available Cocker Spaniel. I also mentioned that if someone should change their mind, I would let her know. Within days, all but one of the puppies had been picked up by their new families. This left me with one brown and tan cocker, as well as the smaller puppy with the cleft lip and palate. Two days passed without me hearing anything from the gentleman who had been promised the town and brown pup. I telephoned the school teacher and told her I had one puppy left and that she was welcome to come and look at it. She advised me that she was going to pick up her grandson and would come over about 8 o'clock that evening. That night, at around 7.30, Judy and I were eating supper when we heard a knock on the front door. When I opened the door, the man who had wanted the tan and brown pup was standing there. We walked inside, took care of the adoption details, and I handed him the puppy. Judy and I did not know what we would do or say when the teacher showed up with her grandson. At exactly 8 o'clock, the doorbell rang. I opened the door, 
and there was the school teacher with her grandson standing behind her. I explained to her that the man had come for the puppy after all, and there were no puppies left. I'm sorry, Jeffrey, they found homes for all the puppies, she told her grandson. Just at that moment, the small puppy left in the bedroom began to yelp. My puppy, my puppy, yelled the little boy as he ran out from behind his grandmother. I just about fell over when I saw the small child also had a cleft lip and palate. The boy ran past me as fast as he could, down the hallway to where the puppy was still yelping. When the three of us made it to the bedroom, the small boy was holding the puppy in his arms. He looked up at his grandmother and said, Look, Grandma! They found homes for all the puppies except the pretty one, and he looks just like me. The school teacher turned to us. Is this puppy available? Yes, I answered. That puppy is available. The little boy who was now hugging the puppy chimed in. My grandma told me these kind of puppies are real expensive and that I have to take real good care of it. The lady opened her purse, but I reached over and pushed her hand back down into her purse so that she would not pull her wallet out. How much do you think this puppy is worth? I asked the boy. About a dollar? No, this puppy is very, very expensive, he replied. More than a dollar? I asked. I'm afraid so, said his grandmother. The boy stood there pressing the small puppy against his cheek. We could not possibly take less than two dollars for this puppy, Judy said, squeezing my hand. Like you said, it's the pretty one. The school teacher took out two dollars and handed it to the young boy. It's your dog now, Jeffrey. You pay the man. Still holding the puppy tightly, the boy proudly handed me the money. Any worries I'd had about the puppy's future were gone. Sometimes the most beautiful things come when you least expect them. Making a difference starts right here. You're listening to the Do Good Be Great podcast with Wade Heath. From this distant vantage point, the earth might not seem of any particular interest. But for us, it's different. Consider again that dot. That's here. That's home. That's us. On it, everyone you love, everyone you know, everyone you ever heard of, every human being who ever was, lived out their lives. The aggregate of our joy and suffering, thousands of confident religions, ideologies, and economic doctrines, every hunter and forager, every hero and coward, every creator and destroyer of civilization, every king and peasant, every young couple in love, every mother and father, hopeful child, inventor and explorer, every teacher of morals, every corrupt politician, every superstar, every supreme leader, every saint and sinner in the history of our species lived there on the mote of dust suspended in a sunbeam. The earth is a very small stage in a vast cosmic arena. Think of the rivers of blood spilled by all those generals and emperors 
so that in glory and triumph they could become the momentary masters of a fraction of a dot. Think of the endless cruelties visited by the inhabitants of one corner of this pixel on the scarcely distinguishable inhabitants of some other corner. How frequent their misunderstandings. How eager they are to kill one another. How fervent their hatreds. Our posturings, our imagined self-importance, the delusion that we have some privileged position in the universe, are challenged by this point of pale light. Our planet is a lonely speck in the great enveloping cosmic dark. In our obscurity, in all this vastness, there is no hint that help will come from elsewhere to save us from ourselves. The Earth is the only world known so far to harbor life. There is nowhere else, at least in the near future, to which our species could migrate. Visit? Yes. Settle? Not yet. Like it or not, for the moment, the Earth is where we make our stand. It has been said that astronomy is a humbling and character-building experience. There is perhaps no better demonstration of the folly of human conceits than this distant image of our tiny world. To me, it underscores our responsibility to deal more kindly with one another and to preserve and cherish the pale blue dot, the only home we've ever known. Wade often says, there are more good people than you realize. So be a part of the community that's growing daily and unite with others as part of the Do Good Nation on social media. Stand up, be counted at facebook.com slash do good be great. Join us and lead by example today. That's right. The first official broadcast of 2016 is now in the books. want to thank you for being a part of it and for passing the link along to other do-gooders that you know need to pick me up or need to be reminded that they are not alone. Thanks for sharing it and making sure that this podcast continues to grow. You can also make sure that you don't miss a future broadcast by subscribing to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher by searching Do Good, Be Great. Hey, if there's anything that I can do for you between now and the next show, why don't you tweet me directly, at WadeWire, or you can email me, dgbgradio at gmail.com. Look forward to hearing from you. Now, before we get out of here, I've got something to share with you. Hey, the secret is to know that you are somebody without thinking 
that you are somebody. Marinate on that, think about it, and get back to me on the next broadcast. Until we meet again, my friends, might I encourage you to be seen, be heard, and be great. Moments We gotta keep on living For these moments Cause this is our time Life's too short to